0: Welcome to Coffee Chronicles Stories Over Coffee, where we share other stories over a cup of coffee. In this episode, we welcome Juan Diego Zaluaga. Juan is someone we met on our trip last year to Manizales, Colombia, when we went to stay at one of our coffee partners, Tío Conejo. Juan is part of their quality control and ensures that their coffee is put through the appropriate processes to create the desired flavors and quality. Juan is young and has already made a name for himself in coffee what I want to talk to Juan about over coffee is his recent struggles as a homosexual man in Colombia and in the coffee industry. We spoke before on what he was going through and now he's trying to figure out how everyone would perceive him in his hometown of Pereira, Colombia. Also on how he perceived himself as he tried to figure out his true identity. He's now in New York and I want to see his perspective on culture and what coming out as a gay man in Colombia is like versus coming out in the United States. So let's hear his story. Welcome to the next episode of Coffee Chronicles, Stories Over Coffee, and today we are interviewing my friend Juan Diego from Colombia. Say hi, Juan.
1: Hi. Hi there. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. I'm having a cup of coffee from the farm that you work with, Cafe Tio Conejo from Colombia, which we roast (laughs) and sell. Through Black Six Coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's how we met. We went to Colombia in Mondesales and we got to meet you for the first time over there.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, you, you were with your wife and your son, and uh, I met you there. Like, I was not supposed to be in the farm uh, on that week, uh, but yet I ended up being there and yeah, like spending a lot of time with you guys actually. So, yeah. Amazing that you are drinking the coffee. I sadly or happily, I'm not drinking coffee. I'm drinking a beer uh, just to make it a little bit better. Nah. Yeah. So, so yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Full disclosure: it is not morning, so Juan is not <laughs> drinking
1: early in the morning. That is right. That and if it were, if it were uh, in the morning. I would probably also drink it, but I wouldn't tell you. I would say it's coffee. So just for disclosure as well. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me over to your podcast, uh, Joe. Yeah, anytime. So I wanted to interview
0: you uh, specifically. uh, Besides the fact that you're a huge coffee expert in a world of knowledge in (laughs) the industry, uh, it is also June. And uh, in June we celebrate Pride Month, and we want to talk to you about your experience uh, growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, so let's get to it. I just want to know, like, uh, where did you uh, grow up?
1: Yes, of course. So, um, so I grew up. I'm a I'm Colombian. I grew up in in Colombia, specifically in a city called Pereira. Uh, that is a one of uh, the cities who that represent uh, coffee the most in the coffee industry and specifically for uh, specialty coffee so um, yeah I got like um, a lot of influence and thank you for considering that I know a lot about coffee but I grew up in that region where, co- where everything was about coffee but I didn't really have any any um yeah like any relation to coffee at the beginning it was i was just a simple like you know guy who enjoy uh whatever my age guys uh enjoy so well that's not true actually that is not true i enjoy many other things but i grew up in colombia and i was born i think that's important to say because some of my background um, relates to the fact of my age. I grew up in the nineties, in nineteen ninety seven, which means I'm twenty three. Um, I was a I was a city boy. I was more like a town boy because the the place that I come from is not a city. It's a town. Um, it's like a small. It, when I when I say town, I what I'm trying to say is that it is a small, um, like a big town, but a small city. So that's what I'm trying to say. Um, I grew up in a very, uh, like, uh, like, regular neighborhood in Colombia, uh, in Pereira. I was, I have three brother, two older brothers and a little sister. So my childhood uh, is always going to be, like, there's always going to be my brother who is one year older than me. We, we enjoyed, well, he enjoyed more more than me, but I did it anyway. Sports he loved, uh, like football and basketball and running. We had a lot of a lot of time in the street because it was a very um, a small neighborhood, so I we could go out anytime. And in Colombia, moms or Latinas moms are very careful and a little bit like. I don't want to say overprotective, but protective with their child with their children, so they don't like uh, like they they going around in the neighborhoods. Oh, that was my mom specifically. So, um, but my mom after I was like seven, we started to go out a lot and spend a lot of time with uh, with our friends, and um, I was I, I enjoyed a lot of doing skateboarding, uh, and yeah, that that's that was like mostly of my of my childhood um I studied uh, i studied in it's when i i started as high school kindergarten when I was three years old so I also spent a lot of my childhood in in, in like in in school um yeah so like
0: uh growing up around your brothers mm-hmm. your family and friends like mm-hmm. how uh and then also like coming out as gay how how did it like sort of uh manifest into like mm-hmm. any change in how people perceived you or how you perceived yourself
1: well that's a very very good question you the one you're asking me because um i didn't know what uh gay uh, m- mean by the time i was a child and by the time i was growing up um so all the all the memories I have in my in like in my head of my childhood and understanding who I was as a child was mostly because I, I followed what my brother my older brother um was doing because I didn't grow up with a father. Um, so so that was that that was hard I, I believe is the like the feeling, but it was exciting in the situation per se because I could understand at the end of uh, like of every year, uh, I could understand that I was different from my other friends and not different uh, like the way I talked or the way I, I I used to talk to them or the way I uh, they used to treat me or I treated them. But mostly I was different because they were always talking about how they were developing themselves, and how they how they were attracted to the things that I was not attracted. Um, that was very hard. I didn't come out until I was eighteen eight years old, and um, that that uh, my story is a little bit confusing. Uh, like when I came out, I didn't, like my parents, I'm a, okay, that's very important to say as well. I come from a very conservative um, Christian family. So uh, sometimes it is not easy to understand that you're not condemned or you're going to go to hell because of who you are or because of what you believe. So uh, I think those are, like, if I want to, conclude and if i want to say some like uh, like yeah a conclusion about my childhood and understanding that i was a gay boy but didn't know that i was a gay boy it was hard um hard for me to understand who i was exciting because i was so different from the others that i always step aside from uh the general perspectives and it was very um and i forgot what I, the, the other word i was gonna say this is my problem all the time but uh yeah i can't remember now um it was very uh, frustrating because i was told uh, it was wrong to be a gay man, or to be a gay boy, or or to have an attraction to a boy—that was a combination. That was that was exactly the thought I was raised. I, I was raised with. So yeah, that was uh, kind of like confusing and complicated for me. After uh, like before making my decision when I was eighteen, and um, now that you we will be talking, I guess uh, later on, in uh, being in New York City.
0: Mm-hmm. So was there like a pivotal moment or something you can remember that sort of said, mm-hmm. OK, what's been setting me apart from my friends and yeah. my family members in my attraction is actually probably because I'm gay. Was there a mm-hmm. certain point or a conversation that you had that sort of said, all right, this is probably the way I am right now?
1: Well, um, my conversations were never um, addressed by my parents. Um nor my family. Well, like were, I did have a conversation um, with a uh, with an uncle, and um, and this is like a very specific. I'm gonna talk about two conversations. Uh, my first conversation uh, was when I was probably 12 years old, and my and I uh, I'm a, I, I don't. I like I'm going to I'm going to describe myself to to who I am right now and who I was that then so that people can understand what I that like this conversation I am a very flamboyant boy like I don't care uh, if my hands move a lot and I used to move my hands a lot and my pitch voice was very high so I was not this um, Colombian mainly uh, prototype boy who was racing with other two boys who were like that. So I was always stepping uh, like a side to that prototype. And so one day, one uncle, uh, we were, you know, we were just like in a family meeting. And then he said like, hey, Juan, would you come with me? And I want to invite you to, to eat something. I was like, Okay, just let's go. You know, this is my this is my alcohol. I, I I don't have any problem. Um, and then he started to to ask me a lot of questions like, what do you like to do? Who, uh, like, are you attracted to to study what? What do you want to do? Stuff like that. You know, general uh, like teen pre teenager questions. And then he goes like, "One, I want to ask you something. Um, do you want to be a hair?" Um, Hair, that's like I don't I can't remember the exact term for English but it's like a hairdresser oh hairstyles or hair, hair, style, hair exactly. yeah exactly that yeah. um and then I go like I don't want to be a I don't want to have that prof- profession on my own and then he goes like so why do you like boys and I got like, like a setup question exactly he didn't even ask me Like if I like boys, that was the question he addressed to me. Like, do you want to be a hairdresser, a dresser, a hair And I was like, no, I don't want to because that's that's not what I want and to that what I wanted to do by by that time. And then I go, and then he goes like, so why do you like boys? And I was like, wait, what? And I want to be clear. It was I couldn't understand what was happening. So my reaction to that was to believe that being a gay man or a gay boy was to be a femme, first, like to have femme, feminine, like female feminine characteristics, attribute. uh-huh. attributes, or to work as a um, hairdresser. That's what I thought when I first uh, like encountered myself to someone having a conversation with me about being a gay man. So that was a little bit, um, you know, like harsh because you're a boy. Like it's not something I was planning to first be and second being asked. Um, that is like I don't I, I, I it is a negative, a very negative uh, conversation I had with my um with my uncle and I don't wanna blame them because they were raised exactly the same. They were trying to do with me. So for my family's sakes sake, I just wanna say it, it it was they were not they love me and they, they they really do appreciate my, my presence in the in the family, but they just didn't know and they don't know this is the moment they don't know how to how to have a conversation with me without believing I am a combination to to, to the family or to the creation, uh, of, of, of God. So, um, mm-hmm. and of course I'm not talking about religion here. It's just that that's my background. And at, mm-hmm. like, as far as we are, um, as we grow up in, uh, in my age and in my experience, you, I, you, like the narrative would change not with a religious background, but with a human being background, which is different. But by that time that had a lot of weight, um, then, are you- Sorry, do you think it took a lot for him to
0: get into that conversation with you? Was he like, did you think, oh, he was like set up like by the rest of his family to give the task? It uh, did.
1: It yeah. did. It, it was like that. Like my family set, set, set that up for, for me so that he could talk to me about that specifically because I'm the only gay boy in my family for my mom's uh like side. Um, I mean that I know because as far as you know, as far as I know because I don't know about the others, you know, like uh, um so so yes. Um I think well what I do know is that my mom talked to my aunties about me, and so my aunties talked to my uncle so that he can could talk to me. And that was like in four or five days conversation back and forth between my uncles and my aunties. So I do believe it was something they planned, not in a bad way. I'm saying that like, I'm pretty sure they didn't, they didn't want to hurt me. They did it a lot. In fact, but I was not, they were not doing it like on purpose. If that's like a way to say, if that, if that makes sense.
0: Mm. Yeah. Would you think it would have been harder if you didn't have that conversation?
1: It would have been harder it would have because later on i realized that was a lie so if that but in in in, in mm-hmm. like the 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 result of the conversation that i was saying that i thought it was a hairdresser or a very fan uh, feminine feminine uh like female characteristics on you um mm-hmm. that's that was my conclusion and it was hard to believe that i didn't want to be that but i also like being a having like my own characteristics as a man or as a woman i don't care like but but yeah, that I realized this maybe a year ago, but if my uncle wouldn't have done that, it would have taken me more like effort, emotional effort to understand that that was a lie. And I was going to I was going to take that out of my uh, like of my um, yeah, background. if that makes any sense. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it would have been harder. So I do thank him for that. Of course, I would have rather at any time to have a better conversation with my uncle or with my mom or with my father or with my brothers. Um, but no, uh, it was not, it was, it, was, it was not cool. It was not a cool conversation I had to go through. And the second conversation I had, in fact, was with one of my closest friends that I admired with all of my heart. Uh, she lives, uh, we had like, we started together and then we were, at, we, I was in seventh grade um and i remember we were witches we men, and i introduced myself to her and i was like hey my name is Juan." and then she goes i hope like, oh, my name is this name um uh and then i'm not saying her name because i didn't think i was gonna talk about her and i didn't ask her mm-hmm. so i don't that feels like weird but her she told me like so she went like this so i want to be your friend and I know you're gay, so do not try hard to hide it from me because I know you do it from the rest of your from the rest of the people. And I got so like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm sorry, I don't know if that can be said. If that cannot be said, I didn't say that word. Um, <laughs> but if it can, I did say it. Uh, and then she goes like, you don't have to be, you don't have to worry for who you are with me. And so she invited me to her place, to her home. And her mother started to talk to me about uh, sexuality and the diversity that exists in sexuality. And um, I remember I cried maybe three weeks after she told me that because she was the first person who told me it was not wrong and it was not the worst thing of the world to be who I was. Uh, she did. She doesn't know this because I didn't tell her. Uh, my friend does. Um but it was like the best and, and it was not like a big uh psycholo- psychology psychology conversation like it was more like um you know i'm so happy my daughter has a friend like you who can represent love and who my 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 who my daughter is gonna love for who you are and not for who you pretend to be and i i just i was like like i didn't know what was going on until some days later that i that I, that, that, that I think of it, I was 12 years. No, I was 11 years, if that makes any sense. That, so I was a very little boy. So yeah, that was like the, the, the first conversation uh, who made me understand who I was and, and who made me think, not who made me understand, who made me think um, of being who I am was something I shouldn't have been so worried about by the time. So yeah, that was like. So this is like two
0: different perspectives that mm-hmm. you sort of encountered growing up, both of them being in Colombia. What do you think? Uh, what What do you think caused these two different perspectives? Because one, there's your highly religious family that was hard to understand homosexuality, and then this other one that's just like out of nowhere. You've never encountered said it was okay to be gay. Mm-hmm. How did these two come about? You think, like, was it uh, upbringing, uh, past experiences in their lives?
1: Yeah, I well, I have my theory. I believe every person who talks about um, the background we in Latin America and specifically in Colombia, in my region, which is very different from other regions in Colombia, would uh, would say so this was my like i'm still feeding that theory up in the knowledge of understanding what is that is wrong and what was wrong we had understanding that so um first of all um well colombia was it is it was i don't i want to believe it is not anymore but it was a country that um, religion, uh, like was was founded in religion, um, mm-hmm. and 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 specifically in Catholicism um, and Christianity, and both of them, claim to uh, say that homosexuality and not only homosexuality but other other ways of diversity and other things that are not sexuality are are wrong. Um, so first of all the foundation of a society who believes that everything that doesn't follow the rule is wrong, I think they they grow up with a certain uncertainty uh, that wraps them up at a point that if you're not doing what you were told to be doing, that is super wrong and you're going to condemn. So that is mm-hmm. like one of a perspective uh, that is very extreme. Um, the other perspective, and, and I'm saying, and I'm being a little bit general uh, to the answer because uh, this is not only in Colombia, this is not only in, in Latin America. This is, I think, every every place when it comes to homosexuality, and to in general to diversity in sexuality. Um, the other thing I do believe. Um, it was like my friends, or my family, or the society itself in Colombia believe of uh, of, of um, sexual like diversity in society is uh, I want to say ma- like machismo with but I don't know if that works makes sense in English. That's it. No machismo mm.
0: as part of sexuality.
1: No machismo is men um, men ruling. It's like, uh-huh. um, yeah, I don't, I can't remember. The way of
0: thinking, a masculine way of thinking.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. I'm gonna look for it right now because I have Google on me, uh, uh-huh. like with me right now. So let me uh-huh. look for the for the where it says, yeah, like chauviz- chauvinism, male chauvinism. chauvinism. Uh-huh. Well, that's where we were. Okay, whatever. I just, I don't want to go there, but I do believe that, I'm like, man ruling over. Everything and women do not take in any participation in any of uh, like no, uh, no family. Um, and when I'm saying participation, I'm not saying doing labors, but believing that they can do something to change the world or to change the society. So women uh, like the lack of women perspective in mm-hmm. the society, it made everything to go wrong. And I do believe uh, that, like from the deep, from the from the from the bottom of my heart, and that was a big problem um, that Colombia is going through and went through even harder before. But in the other hand, I believe that education provided the biggest perspective to diversity and to. Um, otherness into Colombia, and that made uh, possible. That was possible. I I do believe for many people that I'm not going to mention, like in history. I I love history, and that's why I, I talk a little bit of that. Um, <clears throat> but I do believe education provided the biggest uh, change in and and some of the biggest. Principles that our society is working currently in 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 2020, uh, so that people can see a difference uh, of uh, of whatever we are doing. And I'm not saying it's it it, now we are okay, but we have improved. If we see it in the past, we have improved very Mm -hmm. very much. And probably we're going to talk about what's the current situation of Colombia and 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 section and, and like community in general, but. Yeah, I'd like to bring up maybe uh, a sample. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my uh,
0: travels there, we went through manizales, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's known for being having multiple universities in there. I would say seven. Is that am I
1: right? Um, universities in uh, oh yeah. in the, in that city? Yes, we have seven universities exactly. Okay, so.
0: So, if you say that uh, education has bought up the acceptance of diversity, mm-hmm. now, now what would you say, is, now Pereira's standpoint, <laughs> uh, is it at, have a bigger educational background or less than I Manasales? Think it's,
1: sorry, go on. Sorry. Would it
0: have like a more educational background than Manasales has because it has this huge background of higher
1: education? Not really. I do believe that Pereira is like um, I'm not talking wrong about my city. I'm just saying a fact. I mean, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I wouldn't say it's wrong. Like, but because of the the big community of learning that's happening in mm Manizales, do you think there's a bigger acceptance of uh, homosexuality in Manizales compared to Pereira, then, which is like one hour away?
1: yes I do think so that's the reason why I moved to manizales <laughs> I, I moved to Manizales uh, maybe a couple months ago after my my first trip to the states and that was like the best decision I could have ever done uh like mm-hmm. I, in terms of uh like housing and living in another city and and, and growing up as uh, as an adult um so yes the answer is uh, my theory says that education has provided um a better perspective to uh, otherness and to diversity that Manizales Salas can see a different. Not they don't see it better or 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 like worse to be homosexual, but they do believe it's their business and they do whatever they want. They they it's of course there's something wrong in there as well that I I don't want to mm-hmm. bring up, but at least you you're not gonna be questioned. You're not gonna be. Pointed, or you're not gonna be exposed to a society, and I'm not. And like, of course, all rules has an exce- has an exception, uh, and mm-hmm. of course, there are not cool situations that uh, most of my friends would say. Like, well, I know a friend who knows a friend who you, what, who what you're saying is not true for both Manizales and Pereira, but in my general perspective and the way I do see being mm-hmm. so close, these cities there is a huge gap to understanding the other as a person who you do not have to question their sexuality. Maybe they question some other things, but not sexuality. They they might question, like, I don't know, money, but they don't question your sexuality. So that's okay. why I say, you know, it's not better. It's just different. It's a different uh-huh. approach to the topic. It's not as much of a big deal. Exactly. Like it's deal not much homosexual. of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not... Worth the gossip. Sometimes. Exactly, exactly. That's, good, it, yeah. exactly, exactly. That's a very good, exactly, worth Exactly. That's a very good thing. Um, but I do want to say that in my hard times uh, in high school, in um, in college, in my work, I worked for, from a very early young uh, like age, I'm sorry, um, in Pereira was very hard, very, 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 very hard to be, to act and to think the way I do just because I was there. And also because of the industry I was working with, which is coffee. I've, I've always worked, like my serious work uh, experience is with coffee. And in Pereira, was very hard to do it so. And well, in Manizales, it's not because of the company that I work with. But in some other places, even in my industry, it is very hard to be who you are just because of, uh, of because of being gay, for example, or lesbian or I don't know any other of the of mm-hmm. the many identities that we can find in the spectrum.
0: Well, yeah, I would imagine that like the hardworking farmer, as it is here in the USA, has a very, and I'll use your word, machismo mm-hmm. attitude is would it be the same too in the coffee industry?
1: and do you want that like that's the funny thing the funny Uh thing is that farmers are the coolest people that i could ever work with like Uh they they literally don't care who you are i started working in my my coffee experiences a little bit that i worked first in uh, farming it like i didn't do farm labors but i did uh helped a lot to um coffee uh protocols in many of the uh, of the of the steps in 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 the farm production Uh, in production in a lot of fermentation and drying and i had to be in farms many farms and when i was a a a copper for uh one of the companies that i worked for the farmers were the like the most they like they really didn't care who you were Mm -hmm. if you like, who you were, or most, like, how you acted, and, like, if they always were so willing to talk to you, so willing to drink a coffee with you, so, like, I mean, like, so willing to be, to, to get to know you, that they didn't care you were gay. I can, I can have couple, I have a lot of, uh like, not a lot, but a couple examples in where, um, many of male farmers that I used to work with, they asked me, like, directly, they asked me, like, super straightforward, are you gay, Juan? And um, I was afraid of saying yes, but I, like, I, I, I just said it, yes. I said, like, yes. And then they were like, whoa. And then the question, and this is the answer that I want to provide to, to, to mm-hmm. what you said. How do you do to be a gay man and to be a capper in the industry because I was really young. And to be honest, there were times I really think of it. I really thought of it, but there were times I just didn't care because I was thinking of learning and doing some other things because the people that are most, um, um, let's say, like uh, close-minded to a... um, representation in the coffee industry are the people in the offices they are very complicated and this is my experience I'm not talking okay. in everyone's experience, experience I'm sorry but in my own experience um, that it was really hard for me to uh, I don't know to wear a, a specific color in my shirt or t-shirt uh, because I knew my like people in the office were going to ask me to change the color of the t-shirt. So that's a stupid at some point, but it is not a stupid at some other point. Uh, And I'm not talking about a super like um, characteristic color. I'm talking about a regular uh work setting in which you can be who you are uh but not Mm -hmm. in this case it was really hard so the very funny thing and very interesting about everything is that no farmers were very open-minded and very accepting and very uh willing to get to know you really like for real uh and so in my experience all the problems and all the difficulties i had when i was working as a gay man in colombia when i was really young was the people that i worked with in the company in the office per se so that was the hard part
0: that that's very interesting because it's sort of you would then guess that to be in the office they had to go through some kind of higher learning that uh coffee producers did not go through like coffee production tended to be more passed down from generation to generation
1: mm-hmm.
0: right mm-hmm. and then the office skills are something you had to go through
1: through like schooling exactly right? yeah exactly yeah that's that that is something I I believe it's changing because um my generation uh is trying to make a difference into the the wave of saying you shouldn't be telling me what to be because I know what I am already. Uh, So that helps a lot to all the other communities to strengthen uh, who they are so that they can be what they want to be and not letting another person to step up over them if that makes any sense. So um, yeah, so yeah in, in my experience, I can remember before working, well, you said that the company that I work for, I work for a company called Café Tio Conejo. Um, in my company, I really don't have any restriction and no limitations and no um, uh, like uh, stereotypes of who I should be because they know who i am already and they have they have helped me a bunch more you i mean you know and if, if people yeah. around me who work in coffee do know me they know what my company and the, the company that i work for represent for my uh identity for my sexual identity so um yeah before this company i worked for f- seven companies um and each one of them i had to be someone I were not. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, the coffee industry definitely has uh, increased, you know, uh, reach in the world for you. Uh, could you, like, let us in on a little bit on how it got you into, uh, and your experiences in the U.S.?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, can you say that again?
0: Yeah, the, being in the coffee industry, it's got it's sort of, like, broadened the horizons for you. It's, allowed you to travel the world mm-hmm. uh, outside of Colombia. So would you like tell us about your experience and like when you first got to the U.S.?
1: Yes. Whoa, that was, that is a very, very exciting story. I So I, I've i been working in coffee for over eight years now. I started being a barista when I was 15 and I'm doing this uh, context so that you can understand what I'm trying to say. Um, my... uh. Language, like Colombian lang- official language is Spanish and uh, English is not a language you are taught okay in schools, uh, in high schools or schools or kindergartens or college at all. Uh, I learned English because I like it very much and because I enjoy the diversity in uh, languages. So uh, I got to be, I got to meet these people, even off in Angela, that I, I can, I, I, I mean... It's, they are my uh, my bosses in Esperanza, um, and we got this big, big, big connection uh, because of English, because of passion, and because of family uh, concept that we have, life of concepts we have. Um, and they asked me if I wanted to work with them after a couple of years, uh, after maybe a year and a half that I met them and that I had to uh, finish working in the company that I used to work with. So they called me and they were like, Juan, uh, I don't know if you remember about us. And I was like, of course, I do remember about you. And then they were like, would you come and work with us? And I was like, of course, I that, that'd be amazing. Um, I worked with them. For two years, I've moved out to the seat to Manizales. I was in Pereira, and I moved out to Manizales, and and um, I got my license, my Q Grader license. Uh, Q Grader license means that I um, I was certified by the Specialty Coffee Association and the Coffee Quality Institute to bring up a result into a quality status coffee. Um, and um, they were planning to be at the expo, at the coffee expo in Seattle. Um, so they were doing all their work and I was helping them out with uh, quality, with, with uh, deciding, with making the decision which coffee we were going to bring. We were, we were supposed to present in the, in the booth to, uh, to, from our farms. And um, they asked me if I wanted to be with them in Seattle. And I was like, um, excuse me, what, what was that word? I mean, like, what was that? And then they went like, yeah. And then we were having like a like a dinner. We were having like a regular dinner from our company. And then they were like, we wa- we're wondering if you want to come with us. And then it was like, wow, you're probably kidding. And tomorrow you're going to forget about this. So I didn't really uh, say anything. Uh, or maybe I did say yes or whatever. I mean, we were having like some fun talking, and then the next day they said like, "Okay, we're gonna do the the application for the visa," and then I I, w- I, I was like, "No, we're not." Like, why? And then mm-hmm. they go like, "Because we want you to be with us there." And 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 it was Seattle. I didn't know. I didn't even know about Seattle. The only thing I knew about these the states were New York City. And Los Angeles—that was everything I, I I knew about the state. So Seattle, and then I got to know about about the coffee industry, a specialty coffee industry. To make it a little bit like sh- to shorten this, um, mm-hmm. I got the visa. Uh, we purchased the tickets. I was very emotional because um, I learned English by watching uh, TV shows. So I I. Ne- but I really never had the experience to talk to an a English speaker, to a to an English native speaker. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was like, no, this is not happening. Like, I'm not going to the States in a week. So <laughs> I remember four days before I coming here, I got so, so, so nervous about everything what was going on that all I could do was to clean up the house that was I didn't work I, I was so nervous for what was going on that I started to clean up the house um and so my bosses were like it's gonna be okay there's nothing to worry about you're gonna be there um you ask me this question because you say how much I expanded my perspective and of understanding who I was in the coffee industry. Uh, but to be honest, um, it didn't show me as much of who I am as a gay man to be in the coffee expo in Seattle in 2017 or in 2018, mm-hmm. I can remember, as mm-hmm. it showed me in coffee. Of course, I, I saw okay. things I would have never thought seen in coffee in colombia or in latin america even though we have a very good uh expo but when i got to i got there to seattle and we started to see all these people coming in and out all the diversity all the um all the beauty in diversity that was mind-blowing i remember i was um I am very emotional, so I'm sorry for that. But I cried maybe two hours. And my bosses were just like, it's, it's okay. And I was like, I'm not crying because of sadness. I'm crying because I'm super happy of seeing other people are so different and I'm not saying sexuality I'm saying they are just different from all of what I know of all of what I believe it is unique of all of what I believe It is the right way to be Mm -hmm. Uh, so when I got back to Colombia it was a very hard timing because uh, by that time I had said yes I'm gay I came out but a year later I went through a very um, like I went through depression. Um, and I'm saying this because that makes part of who I am right now. And when you met me, when you, your wife, and your son met me, I was going through depression. I was going through a very hard uh, ident- identity um, like phase in which I didn't know who I was because I told everyone I was not gay, that I was straight, that I liked girls. I even had a girlfriend when I met you. I don't know if I re- if you remember that I told you I I, can't, I have some memories, like I have like some pictures in my head that I told you, mm-hmm. you know what? I have a girlfriend, but then um you also knew that I was not telling the truth because when we spoke here in New York City when I got here, you told me mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so that was very hard because I came mm-hmm. out and then I said I was straight. So, um, like, a year later. So, sort of like,
0: you, you sort of, like, went back in because you were,
1: was you, were you hesitant? Even worse, I was saying that I recovered from homosexuality. That I I went through therapy and because, uh, I was I was living a light of my own. I said I was gay because I didn't find a better answer to my problems, and then, uh, I found this girl that I fell in love and that I was so pleased to be with her. So um, mm-hmm. it was even worse because I was not saying, I was not saying that. Uh, I was not gay. I was saying that being gay was something you could choose, was something you could be recovered from, or be, or saying that it was uh-huh. the sickness you could treat with a, with I don't know Tylenol Therapy. or something uh-huh. like okay. that. Um, uh, there's an answer for it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Exactly. Means, so sorry. That means it's, that means it's a problem. that if you think there's an answer for it. Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, I definitely have to say that that was four days. It was a four or five days experience. I lived in the States uh, that I was very spoiled by my bosses. They were giving me everything I wanted. I was not on my own. I spoke English, but I really couldn't get to know myself. I was 19 years old so years. I was 20 when I got here. Um, so, of course, of course, that that showed me a different picture but it doesn't mean it provided me an extension of a perspective what it did Mm. was the first time i was in the states in the states on my own so i don't know if you want to talk about that now because i brought it up or you want yeah
0: let's yeah so like when you went on your own did you get to then like understand more of like uh being gay in colombia be compared to being gay in the usa
1: whoa whoa that is <laughs> that is a very good that that is a very good question you ask you're asking so um so my my role in the company that i work for is that i'm a sales rep i am exploring this new adventure of working in sales here in the states i am not used to that uh i was doing quality control and i and, and that was That's exactly what I had been doing for the past seven years. Uh, I don't know. Um, So I went through a very break, uh, like break uh, point, breaking point in my life. I was really bad, really depressed. And my bosses, who are my friend, my friends, I'm sorry, uh, they saw me and they knew something was like very, very weird and awkward about me. Uh, So they asked me like, hey, Juan, what is going on? And I was like, oh, everything is so like, it's okay." Um, And I'm saying this because this podcast is about coffee and pride. And so uh, pride is all about how I got to understand who I am as a gay person working in a coffee industry. And I get to live both scenarios, which are my scenario in Colombia in this uh, United States scenario, um, so yeah, they 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 asked me a lot of questions. That they realized that was wrong. Then I told them I was not not wrong. I was bad. Like I was going through a very harsh time. So they asked me like, "Juan, do you want to go to the states on your own? Uh, we want to offer you to be our sales rep, and we want you to go into a pilot." Um, like into a, a, an exploring uh, trip, my uh, boss is in this in Colombia as well. For 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 so that, that this conversation makes any sense, um, and so I said yes because I was so bad that I said like like what could go wrong, and <laughs> the fact is everything went right. Anything went wrong. Of course, there are many stories I can talk about of what happened. I didn't come to New York City first. I, I went to um, Oakland, California, to take my calibration course for the for the Q grader. And, and then this I, was
0: sorry, end of two thousand nineteen, right? That
1: was end of Titan two thousand nineteen. That was on November uh-huh. the twenty sixth. Um, uh-huh. and um, well, you
0: remember down to the date?
1: Yeah, I do because two days later. Um, like that was, that is my, I I say this uh, concept in a very interesting way in Spanish that I want to try, that I've been trying to explore in English, but I really haven't had the chance. But so to say that I want to talk about a person. Um, her name is Sam Spellman, Samantha Spellman. She was the former uh, United States barista champion. Uh, I met her last year doing a translation for her she was looking for her coffee in colombia uh Mm -hmm. to the coffee in which she was going to participate uh for the for the world competition um and i help her to do the the calibrate to to do the translation i was not doing any coffee business i was doing the calibration but it was in a coffee uh setting Mm
0: -hmm. um and i bring this when you talk
1: about translation you're speaking to like
0: uh people in colombia for her
1: yeah, she was, she doesn't speak any Spanish. But so uh-huh. yeah, any Spanish. So she did English and I did and I translated for her in Spanish. Yeah, that's exactly okay. it's a language, language translation, yes. Okay. Um, and I'm saying this, and this is important because first, it was the the United States barista champion. And I mean, like I had been working for co- I have been working for coffee for over eight years. And you get to meet a lot of people, but not in that high level that I do believe those these baristas do a lot of a big, big, big like effort and they have to know a lot to do what they do. Um, and so that was in terms of coffee, that was like, wow, incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. And and but then it comes the other part, which is... um identity and who you are. And so we, it was an amazing time. I was going to join them to other three, but I couldn't because I had to go to school. Uh, but in, when I had to come to the States, um, it was in Oakland and and she lives in Seattle, uh, as well. So I told her like, Hey, uh, Hey Sam, I don't know if you remember about me, but I would like to go and visit you because I'm going to be close. And so I thought, it was clo- close, and I thought I could take like I don't know a bus and then go there. That's mm-hmm. Colombia's uh, Colombia's uh, closeness, but no, this is America. Everything is super far from everything. You have to take like a thousand planes to go to a place in another. So at the end, I had to purchase the ticket, mm-hmm. and to Seattle. to Seattle from Oakland, uh, from Oakland to Seattle, and um. I was, I was going through a lot. It was, I was crying in the plane. I forgot um, the Ikawa, which is a coffee roaster, in the plane because I was crying, and the the the, the plane. It was it was about to take off to for, to the other city, and I had to run. It was a very very stressful situation. Um, but the everything I could have in my mind was what is going on with me? I'm not like this. I'm not this. I mean, I'm I'm am a, I'm a, a, like, let's say a spare. I can't have a lot of thoughts in my mind, but I was wrong. I was really going through a lot. I was crying on a plane and I was, I don't know, that was too much for me. And it was not that plane. It was the seven planes I have to take before. And it's, so I was like very uh, frustrated if that can mm-hmm. be said. Yeah. So I got there. Um, and, I remember I, I, I when I got there they picked me up in the car they were so so conscious like you have been here in New York City, they took me to a place uh, to have like you know some f- some food I was sustained she offered me to stay in her place, um, and then they asked me how, how I was. They were not expecting my answer. You know, they were not expecting crying in the middle of a Thai restaurant because I didn't know if I was gay or if I was not, which I knew what I was, but I didn't want to accept it. Um, and I started to cry in the middle of the restaurant, telling them that I was going through a lot of, I didn't even know what I was going through because I didn't know that I was, that, that, because I thought I was wrong to be who I am. And then, it, I'm, and I say they, because it was her and her husband, whose name uh-huh. is Brian. And so the two of them were with me and, um, I was crying, but not like super extreme. I was just, I was like tearing up and, and then they just started to say what they thought of, of, of me as a person. And. All I can remember was that those words took so much meaning to my life. They meant so much to who I am. Uh, And they didn't say anything further than, like, love is way more than what we think it is. And it is who you are, the one you need to love. So do not worry. Everything is going to be okay. And that was the first time in 22 years of myself that I could shake my hand and I could say to myself, nice to meet you. I'm Juan and I love men and I am so attracted to men and I am so fancy about it. And uh, so it was like a conversation with myself, telling to myself that I like men and it took me 22 years, almost 23 years to understand that. So um, that was the first time I actually expanded like who I was and what I wanted to be on my own and what I am uh, per se with coffee and with uh, identity. So I'm sorry I spoke I, I I gave a lot of answers to the question no, to just the, single question. I'm sorry for it
0: that. It it does take uh I guess you it took a thousand miles to so reach one point is like
1: what I'm getting at. Exactly. So when I got back to Colombia because that was the other part of the question you asked me, I was mm-hmm. definitely absolutely not thinking in a not acceptance, um, not like sh- ashamed or fear perspective of who I am and who are the people in my community. But in a if I needed to go to the States and to f- meet these people so that I could know who I was, there's something that must be done in my community coffee industry like in the coffee industry that i so much love and in all the other communities that exists that exist in colombia so that they can understand that oh what we were taught that uh condemnation or uh wrong or uh you cannot even talk about it you cannot express who you are there's no mental mental health in your in my community like in the community i was raised and in my generation, so that you, so that you can know who you are. So my perspective when I got to Colombia was way different than the one uh, um, I got before there, uh, which was understanding that that big opportunity in life, that amazing life changing, mind blowing experience I had to had in Seattle, mm-hmm. it meant everything when i got to colombia and that's the reason i uh so for those people who uh who are listening and who don't know who i am i don't live in new york city i live in colombia i'm stuck because of the covid um but i don't live here sorry
0: that's definitely something uh quite the experience that you ended up here
1: exactly totally (laughs) that is quite the experience (laughs) that's for sure um And of course, after that very emotional, exciting, great time I had in Seattle, I ended up spending my New Year's Eve and Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas Eve in New York City, um, which was super wild and which was the other side of uh, my community in uh, which we enjoy a lot, which is being happy and and understanding that oppression isn't anymore in our lives so that we can enjoy every single moment in um, New York City allowed me to see that every single day I spent my days in New York City, the first time I got, which was on December of the last year. Um, so that was the way it changed me, my, that my actually first time in the States. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, so you come back to uh, New York, you come back to the US and you're in New York. Uh, and I know we used to open up our cafe around February. And I gotta say, it was like great having you like come by almost every day. Sometimes you were hungover, but it was great like, <laughs> uh, hearing your experiences in New York. But then when the pandemic hit, it sort of like grinded all that experience. To to almost a dead stop, uh. Like, how did you feel about like like getting to know New York City the way you did, and then all of a sudden you can't go out to these places anymore and have the mm-hmm. full New
1: York City experience? Well, uh, well, first of all, I didn't think I could have said I was hangover, and that's what I was trying to make it very polite of my experiences. So yes, when I meant I got to live the happy life of. New York City. I meant I drank a lot and I was very hangover most of my time in uh, in Christmas. So thank you for that. Um, but it's better than being depressed. Uh, it's way better than <laughs> being depressed and being not no, accepted on your own. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, there's
0: no shame in that.
1: Exactly. Uh, thank you for that. I it would have been very a little bit different in Colombia. It would have said that I was working being hangover, not in my company for sure, but because my for those people who believe uh, it's concerning uh no my bosses know (laughs) all the things that i do here uh i mean at least work wise related uh and um,
0: also your bosses love to celebrate sorry your bosses also love to celebrate
1: whoa my bosses are crazier than me they are more (laughs) happy they're happier than me i don't know i don't get it like I'm a 20 years old bo- like man now, and 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 I'm like, oh, I'm I, I'm not happy for this. And then they go like, what do you mean? Uh, like, there's happiness everywhere, and if you're sad, okay, that you're sad, but let's get into, let's move on to happiness. So yeah, my bosses they are crazier than me. To be fair. Um, so, yes, the question was very accurate because it's what I'm living, it's what I'm experiencing right now, and it is what I've been experiencing for the past four months. We've been locked down for over three months and two weeks now, but I got into the States when I was, well, for my birthday actually, and on, on February the 27th. That was the day I went to the cafe and I visited and I got to see you and I got to see all the other. Um, like Flint and okay, no, Flint. Uh, Flint is your son for, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so the answer is very, it's really good, actually. I love this answer because it's the answer I've been given to myself in all this crazy time, uh, which is I wanted to be my people, my friends, all of my friends ask me this question how do you manage to be in new york city and not enjoying what like new york city and so i did what i always do when i am alone or when i have to stay like quiet in a place and is that i I, like i do not enjoy new york city new york city is enjoying me that's like a kind of a way i see lives and I had this big opportunity to rest first. It, it's very important to say that. And that allowed me to see something I was expecting to see in my growth process, which was what am I going to do with this big opportunity of um, of knowing that I can love a man or I can uh, have a sex, have sex with a man and enjoy who I am and embrace who I am and, and 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 be who I am because life allowed me to live it this way. What am I gonna do with this? What is what it, what is the consequence of, uh, the consequence of doing all of what I'm doing? Um and that is beautiful because I have all this information in my head. I was working. I was, I was trying to sell. I was trying to keep it up on work. I was trying to keep it up on life. I was trying not to drive more crazy of what, of, of what I am already. I was trying not to uh, to enjoy myself, actually, and my roommate who has been the biggest support. And my roommate is my boss's sister. So that is kind of like a, like a gameplay there. Um, so... And yes, she is more crazy. She's crazier than my bus. So, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, my buses are crazy. Family. It's Sorry? a
0: big family of celebration. Totally,
1: totally. All the things that I haven't celebrated for over my lifetime, I have got to. I've gotten to celebrate it with my buses and with this girl in this four uh, months of lockdown in New York City. Um. And so the question was that. That was the question that I have. I had to myself what am I going to do with this? I don't want to accept myself because I didn't accept myself. I met myself. That's what happened. I met the Juan Diego that was born on February the 27th in 1997. I didn't accept that guy. I met it. I met him. So okay. since I met him, I wanted to I wanted to know how is that I was gonna allow other people to meet them for their yeah. first time. Someone some people can do this when they were three years and they are the bravest people ever. Some people took them 55 years after faking their lives. Some others had the chance to do what I'm doing, but I do want to do something that changes who they are in my community in Colombia, but also in my coffee industry, in the coffee industry that I work for. Um, So the, the answer is that I had a lot of information in my head. Uh, And I have to say it, um, I'm a very emotional person. So I started to write down. I'm not a good writer, uh, but I started to write down because I had a lot of emotions going on. Because, yes, I met this guy, but it was 22 years, carry on with myself, things that I was not, that I thought they were right. But then I met myself and then I knew that that was not okay to believe and to think and to be Um, so. I ended up understanding that my place to be right now, and, that is, and this is very hard to know and to be and to, and to say, is that my place right now is not New York City, it's not Seattle, it's not San Francisco, it is not Chicago, it is not the States, it's not Europe, it is Colombia. It is my city, it is the city that I work in, it is those places that I grew up in believing that there was no someone who could understand me and who could met, uh like that I could met and, and all the wrong stories that I was told. Uh, so the conclusion to uh, this quarantine that I just ended up, uh, my denial uh, phase and mm-hmm. was uh, that I have to be there, that my place to be right now is there and not here because I, I have been enjoying a lot of time now and I I want to keep enjoying this, but I know there are things that I can do not better, not worse, but um, like rich like richer for myself if I get to go to my to my country and to my city. So yes, of course I haven't lived not even 10% of what a New Yorker could live in summertime that we are, or the three months of spring season that I just spent uh, here. But mm-hmm. still, New York City has given me the big opportunity to get to know to myself in the most intense way that I never expected to live in the middle of a pandemic so that I can bring up a purpose to who I am. And the, the guy that... Um, I met on uh, December of 2019 last year. So yeah, I think that is a very good. Uh, that is like the shortest way I could say the the answer to um to your question, and and yeah, I don't know if you. Will.
0: So you pretty much like, uh, during this pandemic, you had to like
1: sit down with yourself, really. Exactly, exactly. This there is a word I learned that a lot of years ago when I was learning english and it is totes my goats that is exactly what i what i had to do here it was wandy you're a, like a super happy person and and all these uh things that you have believed of you and who you are per se but now uh you need to sit down to, with yourself you need to talk to yourself you need to see who you are and you need to explore and get to know yourself in the very nicest, cutest, and most beautiful ways to the most terrible, deepest, and not so cool things that you are. And just for the record, I love who I am in both faces uh, The not cool one and the cool one, and of course, it's a big improvement of being a gay man and and, 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 and not forgetting that I represent a big community but a big community has represented me for many years that I thought it was wrong. So that big community who represented me and who struggled with and who fought for me and who did a lot of crazy things that I would never even have to face right now, I have to be the bravest Juan Diego and step up and and do what I knew I had to do before or what I didn't know what I had to do, but yet I have the big possibility to do it right now.
0: So... Now that you sat down with yourself, uh, and, you know, with my company, the Black 6 Coffee, we're sort of have we're purpose-driven. Uh, and it's like it stems from, like, definitely points in your life where you're just like, this is what I really believe in. This is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. What do you think your purpose is now? Like, what is something you want to do
1: uh, from here on out? as your purpose well that is a beautiful question because it's the same question i've been asking myself for the past yeah like four months or six months i don't know well the first thing that i want to say is that i want to focus in my career in my coffee career i'm doing another i'm, I'm finishing my well finishing and starting i don't even know what is that anymore but i'm doing my hat my school i'm doing university right now Uh, So I'm doing that alongside all of the other coffee things that I'm doing. Um, I'm focusing myself. I want I'm creating a a big, big, big um, portfolio of myself. I have. I have experience in all the fields. I have been a barista. I was a barista for three years. Then I started to be a copper. Then along that, alongside to being a copper, I was a roaster. I got to explore a lot of uh, agricultural processes happening in farm. Then I started to worry the commercial aspect of coffee. I spent a lot of time in the financial area of a coffee productive farm. And then I am focusing in the in focusing in the last part of the chain which is selling from a production product productive country perspective um mm-hmm. and so this is a big portfolio uh for a 23 years man but my goal right now is that i can um and en- more enjoy and be so specific in my work in coffee so that uh I not don't, i don't get to be like that so that i can address questions towards me because i'm either a quality guy or a sales guy or to people who are better than me because i know there are many of course many more people than me so yeah in terms of coffee which is the career that i want to pursue for the rest of my life being 23 i'm saying this when i'm 35 maybe i'm changing to be a i don't know a singer so that'd be another stuff but for now that I know that I want to be a coffee guy like a coffee professional I am building up this um this yeah believing of uh I have a big experience for who I am but I also want to focus all of my energy to one per, to one thing per se, and that is sales. That is what I'm uh, aiming to 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 my life. And as for the other matter, which is um, myself, which is my uh, personal uh, aspect of being uh, gay and 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 all the traumas I have to went through. I had to go. Th- I had to go through, and all these crazy. Th- Crazy things that we've been talking about. I well, first of all, if it would have, if coffee didn't happen in my life, I don't think it, I would have had the same luck and the same big chances that I'm having right now. Which is that I can get to live. I I get to live both sides, just like I said before, the very cool, happy one, and not the very other cool one. And those two phases happen in both countries. Um, but, uh, I can go to my own country, to my own people and, and, and tell them my experience. So in specific words, I am working on a personal project of telling my, my, of talking to my generation and talking to people who relate to who I am and to what I believe and to what I, um, conceive as a life, um that I want to tell them my story and I want to tell other stories ex- specifically through a podcast. So this was a very fun...
0: <laughs> uh, tell us about this podcast. Yeah. I think it's definitely... Uh, think it's definitely stories definitely come out. Well, yeah. in- you want to tell us more about it?
1: Yeah, so when... Um, I've been working in this idea for maybe uh, two months. For first, it was a lot of Uh, you know, writing down what I wanted to do. So I started, I first started to do, like, I'm going to do videos. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that that is a lot of extra things that I I have to do. And it would be more focused on the other things that I don't know, which are, um, you know, video editing and all these kind of things that I'm not good at. And I haven't even paid attention to it because it's not my fail. Uh, So I go like, no writing. I'm not a good writer. I have to think, I have to overthink everything, like every single prompt and sentence that I say, I have to really think it. And then I go like, I might not be good at talking, but I talk a lot. And so that is what I enjoyed the most. And then I started to see what I wanted to do. And I fall in love with um, podcast formats. I, I, believe that people do need to go through some podcasts anytime in their lives because it's hearing literally is listening to another experience to another way of conceiving life um and that is what i thought of doing um it was really hard because uh for those who are wondering i just came out for sure of this pride so My company knows about it. The people that I live with knows about it. But my family just realized this is who I am and all the other extra things that are happening. I don't care because I didn't come out this time for my people, for the people around me, because I didn't want them to know that I was gay. I came out because of myself. And so this is my first pride in a, in which I am proud of who I am, in, in, in which I am proud of the community that I belong to. Um, so I'm releasing my first um, I just gave it a, a date a, to be released on uh for the for July, for the last week of July. Um of course I'm working in everything. There's a lot of work to be to do in in, in a podcast that I didn't think it was this big but I'm really excited. Uh, All of what I'm going to be focusing my energy in the podcast is talking about my experiences, very detailed, because it's focused to people who went through, who are going through, or who will go through a situation in which they don't know what to do um, or who to go with or how they can approach a topic. Um, And basically the result of, Everything of what I do in the company that I work for, because it's exactly what I that the the reason that I work with these people Um, in my personal life and all the other aspects of life that I do is that happiness is the primary thing I look for, is the primary thing I care about to me and to the people that are around me. so in fact, the 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 microphone that I'm speaking with is through the one that I purchased for my uh, podcast. So it's like a stupid things that are, make me very happy. Um, when you ask me about this, I I went crazy and I called like,
0: "Oh, I have a microphone!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then I was like, "No, I can't believe it! You're not asking me to do this." because this is exactly what I want to do at the end of, of, of next month, because that's the thing I want to do. And so it was like perfect timing, perfect, uh, like synch- synchronicity of, of life energy, whatever people want to say. I do believe in, uh, I, I believe in coincidences and I do believe this is a like very good coincidence that happen in life. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, this is a nice uh, project that, that uh, that I'm, that I am working with right now, and that I definitely appreciate you having me here for, because it's it it's helping me to see a different way of um, the podcast that I want to do. So thank you.
0: Yeah, so we're definitely going to hold you to that July deadline,
1: okay? Oh, thank you, thank you. It's gonna be, oh, it's, gonna be, it be Spanish, it's gonna be in Spanish though. It's
0: gonna be Spanish.
1: Yeah, Great. but yeah but i'll do it i'm doing i'm doing i'm gonna do a english version for every time i do five episodes that's what i have in mind i hope it's not okay. a big thing so
0: yeah it will help you like strengthen my spanish
1: okay that will help you to go exactly which is good everybody who is listening to this uh, this guy speaks very good English Spanish words that I don't even use because I believe they are hard, but they he uses it. Say he uses oh, them, so which is weird. Hard?
0: I think he underestimated. <laughs> he underestimated my Spanish, like you shouldn't know that word.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it has happened a lot <laughs> of time to both of us. It's like, how do you yeah, know exactly. that? <laughs> I heard it in the song. Yeah, but yeah,
0: and there's a little background to it, like when we also like. Exchange our languages. I also like to use a lot of words that I know in the Filipino language of Tagalog, which is also partially Spanish. So I'll also say I only I only know that
1: in Spanish because it's what's used in the, the Tagalog language. The Gallo. that's crazy. That's really crazy. That's really crazy. I don't. I, I and I don't know if I spoke too much over the podcast, but I believe that's the purpose of it. So, uh, uh,
0: yeah, definitely one of the biggest things. I like about this podcast and what you're going to do too is like telling your story and it's the same concept in that there's no way I could have met you if it wasn't for coffee. Exactly. I wouldn't have traveled the thousands of miles, ended up at, you know, uh, in Montesales on the coffee farm and got to meet you. And then both our experiences were then exchanged and we're like, this is like, I could learn so much from you if I got to share your story, there's definitely a community out there that's been questioning themselves. If they got to hear your story, that this could benefit them greatly. And I speak about my experiences too, but like my experiences only take me as far as uh, what I see. But when I can share your story with the rest of the people out there, it you know it's like multiple people telling uh how to solve a problem or how they got through it or how they experienced the problem Mm -hmm. so i think your podcast would be great uh and i think that's the best artistic way i seen you i guess express yourself (laughs) thank you
1: (laughs) well on top of maybe do a dance <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh yeah that is that is Flyn's fault and i i blame him completely because if 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 you wouldn't have made me do the dancing you wouldn't have gotten to see the 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 terrible of me dancing
0: <laughs>
1: you, said you didn't stretch
0: uh, so so, yeah think. it's because
1: i didn't stretch that's for sure <laughs> um yeah and and i do want to thank um uh, before like ending this, that, co- like to coffee because I got to experience one of the best um, New Year's Eve um, because of a new pre and post because of your wife because I didn't know what to do I was alone in the city and then she literally told me everything I had to know about New York in. Um, in Christmas which was so crazy like I would never have thought of a person being so specific about something to be done in a like lonely night of uh, December the 29th and I know that's very specific to be said and, and I, I'm trying to close up the idea but yes uh, coffee is the like it's, in, in, it's like some of the best ways that I have gotten to learn of myself and a society because people who work in coffee, I need to be thankful to life has have shown me the best version of themselves just because of coffee. So uh, and I don't know if that has happened to you as well, but um, every time I get to know someone, I get to meet someone who works with coffee, it's like the same passion for coffee same passion for life and safe passion same passion for people that at the end of everything you enjoy coffee because of the people and not because of the coffee per se though i do enjoy it but i do enjoy coffee because of people at the end if people wouldn't be there coffee would be just a plant and very true so and this is a quotation i'm doing with a Sam Spillman. That's what she said. If coffee wouldn't be because if, if people wouldn't be involved in coffee, coffee would be just the planet. So, so yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for the, for um like bringing up the participation of this uh, man, Colombian man and <laughs> and gay Colombian man uh, <laughs> uh, to your podcast. Thank you very much. Uh,
0: uh, yeah. I want to also thank you for, uh, sort of bringing our knowledge of coffee to a greater extent I know you've had uh, a long time experience with coffee uh, and I know I told you that we've only been in the coffee industry about like two years mm-hmm. but uh, it was meeting people like you that sort of said all right Joe maybe you're not like that stupid after all like you're you were able to explain things to me and I was really getting it uh and then i got to sit down with you multiple times whether it was in columbia or at our cafe where we just spoke about coffee and life experiences and it made me realize like man this guy i know has had uh, a long time in coffee even though when he was young and him telling me all this stuff i feel like i'm going down the right direction so i want to thank you for uh i would say giving us a little uh Validation in our coffee. Mm -hmm. Wow. Sometimes I feel like, Am I going the right direction? Is this what I want my coffee to be? And you're always there saying, Nah, Joe, you kind of fucked this up, but you're going the right (laughs) direction somehow. (laughs) Yeah. So I would like to say thank you and I appreciate you and like, uh, you know, teaching us about coffee, but also teaching us about humanity and your life experiences.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna cry because uh, the, it, this podcast is not about this emotional. But thank you very. I mean, I could, and I I have like. I, mean, I, I wanted you to cry. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Just give me give me two seconds and two more beers, you're, you're, and I I can know. do that. <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> so man, so thank much. you, <laughs> thank you, thank you for saying that because sometimes I I don't even sometimes now I never think of coffee as as something that I like push through i just i just you're first of all you're my friend you welcome me to the cafe of yours which is an amazing place that i love from this city and then i just you know i give you my opinion over things and 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 at at the beginning i just thought it was like too much Uh, but then i realized you appreciate it and 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 and, and, but thank you for saying it because it helps me a lot as well to, to see it, to see whatever is that I've gained through life, if that makes any, any, any meaning to you. So thank you. Thank you very much for, for that. And thank you. And I do have to say thank you to your wife and to your son because they, they have made they coffee you. and, 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 and mm-hmm. life in New York way better. Yeah, they love you. <laughs> they have to, anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not kidding. All right. All right, Juan, thank you for being here. And we'll uh, definitely share with the rest of the crowd on about your uh, upcoming podcast. And then also, uh, you know, continue your work with coffee. Make sure you share that with us,
1: okay? Th- of course, of course. Before, before saying uh, goodbye, I want to say that if there's any person who feels like... Uh, they need to talk about anything uh, uh, like both coffee and um, their sexual identity, I just want to say that I'm as open as I am with everyone else to share who I am and, and to provide a, provide a different perspective of, of, of life and of, of reality uh, that, that they were or they've been told, so yeah, goodbye thank you again and see you anytime soon
0: Thank you for listening in on this episode of Coffee Chronicles, Stories Over Coffee, brought to you by the Black Six Coffee Trading Company. I want to thank Juan Diego for being on this episode. If you'd like to see more about the great coffees Juan and our friends at Cafe Tio Canal are producing, you can find them at cafeteoconejo.com, and maybe go visit their farm someday like we did. Thank you for your support, and stay tuned for the next episode.